We are back. Back, back, back. Gary Cannon. Back with another episode of the Gentleman's Dojo. And I, again, am flying solo this week. My partners, Steve Byrne and Patrick Keene, are on the road. Patrick Keene is working up at Rooster Tea Feathers all this weekend in Sunnyvale, California. So if you're up there, check him out. My buddy Steve Byrne is at the DC Improv in DuPont Circle. So if you're out in the DC area, he will be there all this weekend of Labor Day. So much going on college football starting up this weekend. We will be talking about that as well. Aaron, fading out the music. Was that you? I liked what you did. Sheila E., The Glamorous Life. I love that song. Oh my God, we are excited. An in-studio guest this time, Aaron. An in-studio guest. Last week I was here, we had a call in. I love when people come in. It's just so much easier. So much easier to connect. I got to work with Sheila E. years ago on a cruise that I did. I am so jealous. She was playing and just absolutely amazing. So much love for her. Well, let me explain how I met our guest for today. I will set this up. Um, I am by myself, Stephen D.C., Patrick Keene. He's working at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, so I'm flying solo today. But uh, happy to be here live in studio with my guest. So I will explain how I met my guest. uh, And I realized this was back in March. I realize that's when we first I crossed it, paths. I think it was about March. That sounds about right. I get a call from you, and you say, hey, well, I was referred to, you were referred to me uh, by a mutual friend. Was it Mo Mandel? It was Mo Mandel. Mo Mandel, a comic, very funny guy, and he said, uh, you should use me. You guys were doing some shows, and you needed an audience warm-up person, a host of some sort, to warm up the shows that you were doing. Now, here's where it gets a little weird. Um you were very cryptic about what the show was, what I would be doing, the content of the show. It was very weird to me. And and as a warm-up guy, people will call you, hey, you're going to work on America's Got Talent. You're going to work on Dancing with the Stars. Be here at this time. It's all very set up. You guys asked me to sign a non-disclosure agreement before you even mentioned I anything know, about the show. it very sketchy. Very sketchy in a <laughs> sense of like, I don't know if I want to do this. It was just very... Uh, very weird, the whole thing of. But I convinced how, how was you. Pro- you convinced me. I told me. you it would be worth it. Convinced me it was going to be worth it. I, I thought the money was very great for what little I was doing. Essentially, it was pretty good, pretty awesome. And you said, "Hey, just trust me on this. Let's go with it." So that's our first time talking on the phone, and I finally kind of we get to the first date, right? You said it's something for Showtime, but that's really all I can tell you about. So then I, I go to this, I think it's a uh, a hotel, or where, where did we do our first one um, at? Oh, no, no, no. It was uh, Estrella, Estrella, over on yes. Sunset um, at their wonderful little theater. That has a screening. That has a screening room in their Beautiful. restaurant, and it's and it's a fantastic place. Yes. Free pro- so I meet free you. for them. I meet you, and you bring me into the theater. I'm by myself, and you tell me this is for Sasha Baron Cohen and a project that he's working on for Showtime. So... Getting to, well, fast forward a little bit, but our guest today, it was one of the producers on that show for Sasha Baron Cohen's show, Who is America? And it premiered early July. It just wrapped up last Sunday. Correct. With seven episodes. And I think you guys saved the best for last with the O.J. Simpson thing. <laughs> but you were a producer on this show. You were the one who brought me in and, and got me into this show. And... I, I have so many questions for you about it, but our guest today was a producer on this show. She's going to get into all of the little details on how the show was put together, how it was set up, how people didn't find out what they were doing, how the show gets on the air. Uh, but she was one of the producers on this amazing Showtime show called Who's America? Who's America? Um, with Sasha Baron Cohen. Melanie Ellen is our guest today. Come on, make some noise for Melanie. My- Am I the really Aaron? Am I the only one? 
no noise being made back it's there. It's the most applause I think I've ever gotten I in will, my life. So I will take you. it. Uh, so, Melanie, before we get into the story about you working on this show, Who is America with Sasha Baron Cohen, who you guys refer to as SBC, correct? Correct. What did you do before this? What's your background in TV, all this other stuff before leading into this show? Oh boy! Um, I if I if I told you all the the length and breadth of my experience, then I pri- probably will betray my age. But um, I started out doing production accountant accounting many many years ago. Oh wow! I know, and I did it because I had a choice of unemployment or employment after college. Sure. And I said I will learn a very valuable skill and learn about money and where it gets spent and where it comes from and how it goes and la la la. So I did production accounting for three years, thinking, okay, I'm going to make a step to producer one day, and this is going to help. Sure enough, I was a, I was a production accountant on a low-budget feature. That producer had a slate of about 10 feature films coming up and asked me to be the production manager. I said, sure. Trial by fire, learned my job, thankful for the background in finance and money, and uh, worked my way up line producer, producer. And then I started out doing a lot of... Um, uh, sci-fi network movies back when they their originals had a budget of like $1.52 million. So they were, they were decent money and it was a lot of talent that was either on their way up or on their way down. Um, and I did a lot of those movies, shot all over the country, shot all, made movies in Bulgaria, if you can believe it. Wow. Yeah, I know. I never need to go back. I <laughs> uh, shot movies in Bulgaria. I... Um, I moved to New York at one point. I worked for MTV in New York. I did my first kind of hidden camera pranky show on Boiling Points. I did that for two years. Okay. Then I did some reality shows in New York and some feature films, came back to California, and I've been working primarily in television since. Okay. I was a production manager, line producer, producer on some things. I've worked on um, uh, Children's Hospital, the final uh, Emmy-winning season of Children's Hospital, which is amazing. Uh, I worked on, um, I helped actually put together the package to start bringing back uh, Mystery Science Theater. Oh, wow. I got to work on that. I did, um, I've done uh, segments for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, a lot of their pre-taped segments I've done, including one that won an Emmy, and I'm so proud of it. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I've produced a couple things for Adult Swim. Um, I worked on some Netflix shows. Um, There's a TV series called Flaked with Will Arnett. Sure. Um, Wet Hot American Summer, um, 10 years later I did. Um, the Go 90 series Drive Share that was produced and directed by Rob Hubel and Paul Shear. Because I remember when you called me and I was trying to look up your name, <laughs> what you were maybe working on, currently working on, trying to figure out what, because again, I knew nothing about this Sasha Baron Cohen show yes. going into that day that I was doing warm up. No clue. In fact, I was calling other warm up buddies and I'm like, I think this is some weird thing that's going to happen to me, like just some weird <laughs> prank thing that I had no idea about, right? So then the, how do you get this gig? How do you get this Sasha Baron Cohen show gig? Well, it's funny you should say that. So I was doing um, uh, Wet Hot American Summer uh, 10 years later, and I was very fortunate enough to sign with a wonderful agent over at uh, UTA. And he looked at my experience and figured out what I can do and what I've done. And uh, a couple months after that, he calls me and he says, I have something for you that I think is in your skill set. And I said, okay, what is it? And he tells me it's Sasha. Oh, God, I know exactly what's going to happen. And then I thought about it. I said, well, I did two seasons of Boiling Points. 
I did a season of the Carbonaro Effect, right. which is not just hidden camera, but hidden can- camera magic prank shows. Uh, I did a show, a pilot for something called, um, ended up being called Saviors of Rock and Roll, which basically we, uh, you know, punked a couple bands into believing they were getting a music contract. Yes, I know it's completely unscrupulous, unscrupulous, but we did it anyway. So I'd done these kind of things in addition to the straight narrative things. So I had done reality shows and I'd done hidden camera shows and I'd done prank shows and I'd done scripted. So I had this amazing breadth of knowledge in this one very bizarre, finite area. I'm like, oh, so this is what my career has led up to. Right. So I went through a um, a very long interview process, and it was a <laughs> pretty intimidating um, because Sasha has a lot of people he's involved with. He's been doing this for so long. He knows exactly right. how to do this. And, um, you know, I'm... I'm met with one producer and then oh my gosh I passed that interview and then I met with another producer I'm like okay then I had a phone interview with his um, cohorts in the UK who are co-producing it then another phone interview with an, with the former producer who did Borat and Bruno and I'm like oh my gosh am I gonna get and are, this? do they tell you that this is the show that they're working on well, or it's I very know, cryptic well you know it's it's mostly getting a sense on if I can handle it because they had done it and I knew what it was I knew what it was going to be it was okay. going to be he was going to be in various characters and they're going to test them out and then figure out and it, and it was very much this we don't know what our show is but we know we're putting something together okay um and Having done also a lot of sketch comedy and shows where we just shoot a lot of various things and then put the pieces together at the last minute, so I I done this, so it was a uh, um, it was quite the process um, because at the time they were replacing their original producer who had I I, I don't know who it was I guess sold themselves short and wasn't quite up to the task so they that's when I got brought in for the interview then they didn't hire me oh wow okay so they hired somebody else. And about two weeks later, my agent calls and says, I think the Sasha thing's going to come back around. Oh, wow. Okay. And it did. And I couldn't believe it. And then I had a, had another interview uh, with Sasha himself. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, I thought I totally blew it. And then somehow I got the job. And for one year, exactly, 52 weeks, I was embedded with that. Wow. Okay. So it was a very long haul. So then the first, what, what, what's, what, where's, because there's so many questions. Because obviously, <laughs> anybody who's watched the show or has watched Bruno, Borat, uh, Ali oh, G, yes. any of these shows that Sasha's affiliated with, it, the first thing people have to ask you, it's staged, right? I mean, that's the first thing that people have to ask you. Yeah. Th- th- this isn't real. Nobody knows. I mean, it, it, they must know what's going on, but they don't. They don't. They don't. And that is, you know, it, it's so fun because uh, after the show started airing and I'm reading all the Twitter comments and everything, oh, this is stage, this is phony, this is fake. I'm like, mm. every so often I'd write it, no, it's, it's real. You knew firsthand. Like, I know, I'm, I'm there. And, and they, would, they would try and troll me. I'm like, look me up. I'm one of the producers. I, I was there. So um, it's, it's not stage. What stage is whatever Sasha does. But the people we bring in, if they have one inkling that they know something is not right or they know it's Sasha or they know something, Sasha has this innate ability to cut it out and stop. And, and he'll pull it. He'll, he'll pull it. Okay. And he's pulled it. You know, when, even, even he's pulled it when people were not sus- suspecting anything. They just interview's not going right. He he knows he knows if this is good or bad. Right. 
Like, what, what's the first thing you start shooting? Because obviously, with the seven episodes, there's so many great, great clips that came out of this. And I remember it was funny because when when what I did for the show was there's an audience there, and I remember the first time that when I met you, there's a room full of 200 people. Because here's what's weird about and unique, and just why he's as good as he is. Sasha's in the back of the room while people are watching the screening that I'm at, right? Yes. And he has somebody in the middle of the room taking notes to every yes. point, what's getting laughs, what's not getting laughs, what's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I would go out there and welcome the crowd, do a couple of jokes, and then get people into the mood for the screening. Right. And the first night that I'm there, I'm, I'm looking out, Larry David is there, Seth yep. Rogen is there. Judd Apatow came one night, uh, Sarah Silverman came one night. So it's crazy, I mean, but, but that just shows you how involved he is wanting this to be so successful because he's literally in the back watching the audience just seeing like oh, yes. what their reaction is and you know I just remember there were certain things that all the time would get big laughs all yes. the time and then you know afterwards some of the other producers would do a Q&A with the audience with what they thought and then sometimes the audience would be like we really love it or we thought he pushed the line on this yeah. it, it just depended on what the situation was but what, what's the first thing that you did as a producer like where was the first place you went to well the first thing that happens is they you know they they had started this process uh, several months before I even came on board and they were already trying to figure out what characters are going to, he's going to do because he had probably 12 characters in all in the beginning and he'd been doing pieces um, I think since the summer of 2016 so I started April 2nd I think it is um, 2017 and they'd already shot some things um Eh, not not awesome. Just it, you know, because it's also a lot of character development. It's not just you know uh, the prosthetics mask that he's wearing, right? And so we, he sat there and he wrote, and he had all his writers, and they're pitching ideas, and they're pitching characters, and doing this, and they're they're um, figuring out which ones are better than others. And then we had a test period of May June May and June. We do a different character um, every day, probably six or seven total because he'd already done um, like five or six prior to me getting there. Then we had an original screening and that was when I actually met Mo Mandel for that screening which right. was which characters resonate with uh, with the audience and who likes what and who who which is better et cetera et cetera and then we cut from there. And which which of the characters did people like immediately? What were the ones that people were like oh, fan favorites um, of? Iran Murad. Yep. The Israeli um, uh, they liked um uh, what's his name? Uh, Rick the felon who was right. in uh, from prison. They um, there was a version of Naira they liked, and he got a little bit more refined. Um, they liked who was the other one? OMG. Well, obviously OMG they liked. There were a couple that that people liked, but then Sasha didn't really want to pursue. Um, and then there were some that nobody really liked, but he wanted to pursue. And then we did a couple more shoots while we were shooting, and some characters didn't even make a tear. Even I mean, after how, that much, how much makeup is he wearing for that stuff? I mean, it looks He is wearing crazy. three to four hours of makeup. Wow. So he had crazy long days uh, just for makeup alone. And I was going to say, when you fly out to do one of these things, and obviously we were talking before this, you know, how do people agree to do this with – uh, somebody that they don't even know that they're get, but but it's they, they claim to be getting like an award or they're like it, like that's the all of a sudden people start spinning it like everybody wants that fame or publicity right so that's why they go Egos. 
It's yeah. just it's egos. I mean, it, at least with the politicians, it's all about egos. A lot of I, I will tell you that our um, field producers were the ones that did the outreach, did a tremendous job. Um, you know, we had some real go-getters who had done things like The Bachelor and, um, you know, or cooking, um, like, cut, or, or chopped, chopped on Food Network and things like that. So they had to deal with, it's it's not just getting the contestants, it's holding their hand and walking them through. And then it's a lot of lying. So everybody <laughs> lies a lot. We lied a lot. There is there is no ands, ifs, or buts. We lied. We lied. We lied. To get them there. To get them there. Right. And it, again, it was under the guise of, you won an award, or um, we're doing a, uh, a, a a gun safety training video that will appear in Israel, or we are, um, you know, we're an internet, you know, we have this internet um, chat we're doing, and there were times that got switched up, um, you know, uh, at the last minute that the people were not expecting what they got. There was um, a particular high level cabinet member who walked into our set and said, oh, hell no, and walked away. And that was really sad because that would have been a good get. Oh, wow. But, okay. Um, it was, um, yeah, and that was that was really sad. But it would it would have been fantastic. So, but, but he didn't know it was Sasha. He just saw, oh. looked at the set. And that was, let me, let me back up. He didn't know it was him. He just walked into the set. And the set was, um, if you'd seen uh, the character OMG Wizboy, right. he had a brightly colored background. In a, and we had built that in a hotel room or something. So at a very nice five-star hotel in Washington, D.C. And I'm going to leave names out so I don't get sued. Uh. <laughs> but it's funny because you told me when we first met, I said, how do you pull this off? Because it, 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 the minute it's done, don't people maybe feel like, oh, something just happened? And you said, you know, there were all these burner phones and fake emails oh, yeah. and all this other stuff. That's how I you went pull it through, off. Well, and I I'm, wasn't the one that was interfacing with these guests. That's that is not my job. I'm making sure we have a place for the guests to go to, and I'm making sure that the guests are taken care of in a in a very you know overall sort of way. But I have to find the locations and uh, deal with the the people at the locations so we own it and deal with uh, whatever kind of accessories I need to make all this happen. And of course, I'm not going to tell a Mexican restaurant in Atlanta that I'm shooting a fake quinceanera where I'm going to have fake cops show up or whatever, real cops or whomever show up. I, I can't do that. But right. I say, I'm using it for shooting and can we buy out your restaurant? Okay, but we also need the parking lot, but you can keep the front of your restaurant open. Oh, can't your people just park on the... And, and it's just coming up and spinning up a whole web of life. I had so many email addresses that I have burned through. Um, so many burner numbers on my little burner app on my phone. So many fake accents I used. Please do not ask me to do my southern <laughs> accent because it is embarrassing. And believe me, I ran with that in Atlanta, and boy, was it bad. And I'm just like, I'm. This is this is why I'm not an actress anymore. Did you guys do a lot of stuff in Atlanta? Because it felt like you did. It felt like you were there a lot. We did a bunch of stuff in Atlanta. We probably shot mm, eight. Eight or nine days in Atlanta, okay. but then we shot a lot in um, the Washington D.C. area. We probably okay. shot about five days there, and actually no longer because we went back a couple times. So maybe eight or nine days there. We shot in Las Vegas. We shot in, um, in Pennsylvania. We shot in Miami. We shot in California. Because do you guys? Let's say you have a set day of things that you have planned. Right? Somebody first guessed through who you you know are planning to use for the show. They bail. You must have like a full day oh, lined up, right? Because yeah. you can't risk that. You can't. You can't uh, depend on people. And sometimes we would have three or four people, and 
you know, I, I can tell you, like, the day we had um, uh, Joe Arpaio, that was about four hours, I think, condensed into that two minutes. So he, Sasha, will let the camera just roll because he knows he knows when he's getting good stuff. So it pushed the last mark, who's, I, I can't even remember the name of it. It was somebody who didn't even appear on camera. Um, and he was a pretty decent guest, um, I think, or, or a good get, um, because I'm sure he was batshit crazy. Uh, but it, we, it pushed him that by the time he was there and it was like, oh, I guess, you know, Sasha kind of should kind of meet with him and do like a, you know, just a conciliatory 10, 15 minutes. Okay, thank you. Bye. And it was something that was never going to be used. And sometimes we've done that because the stuff he's getting with whomever was so fantastic or somebody is a dud after right. 15 minutes or an hour and it's like, oh, we're just not going to get anything. It's like, okay, let's wrap it up, you know, or however his character is doing it. That Joe Arpaio one went on for four hours? I think we went for like almost four hours with that. It was kind of crazy how much – that is not an exaggeration. It and was and he's okay with playing along with this guy he who was is – playing along with it. Wow. Maybe and, three hours, but it was still a long time. But he, but I'm just saying, Sasha would just let things go because if he's doing a good interview, he's doing a good interview, and he's not going to stop it. Are, 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 so obviously, there's people in the room with him, and they have to be trained to just complete stone face. Right? I give so many props to the camera operators, yeah, and the sound uh, sound mixers. They were all fantastic. The director of photography, they're all there. They're operating the cameras. They're on. They are on the front lines. Um, you know, it's a little easier when they're uh, just uh, got stationary tripod cameras. There's a lot of handheld that goes on. I do not know how they kept a straight face. It was, it's, I just applaud them. And then there's a lot after the fact of, you know, uh, a lot of wide, feigned, wide-eyed innocence from uh, the field producers and the EPs. Like, oh, I'm sorry this happened. Uh, I, I didn't know what was going to happen, Roy Moore. Um my uh, the one producer and the field producer who had um, got Roy Moore. On I mean that Roy Moore clip was where fantastic. He's running that <laughs> with the pedophile the monitor. pedophile monitor over him. I mean it's just one of the best. It's fantastic. He's, and Sasha's then, like there must be something wrong. There's a glitch. But there was this whole aftermath apparently in the in the stairs where I don't understand how this could happen. And and you know the producers like yeah, what I don't I don't I don't with what? Roy Moore and the with producers. Moore, yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know this would happen. I and I've had to, and I had to do that a few times with some vendors. It's like oh I'm sorry that happened. You know slip on a few hundred bucks and let me get out of there. So, oh that's interesting. Like, oh yeah we all we all had a part in that. And what do you mean by the vendors? What does that mean? Locations. A lot of locations. Just trying to like. We didn't want this here. We didn't, you know, I'm, I'm sorry we made a mess. Let me give you some money and we will sli- silently leave and you will never speak of this. Oh, wow. Kind okay. Of like, you know, so that Not happens. that we damaged. We didn't damage anything. Right. It was just, you know, there was a lot of times we just like paid to make things go away. Because sure. Because like, we didn't want anything, any kind of, um, you know, thread unraveling a larger sweater of lies. So if we're shooting in a hotel and somebody was upset and something happened. We don't want them to go to the manager of the hotel who may yeah. come and say, well, what are you doing? You didn't tell us we were filming in there. Right. Yeah, we didn't tell you we were filming in there. So it's a whole – the whole process of us just going mm. – Does he have an earpiece in? Like are people feeding him lines too that maybe he could use during the interview? Um, He had it – the, he had one occasionally, but no, he is so off the cuff. Yeah. I mean, it, some it's of those... crazy, and it's crazy, and it's cr- 
crazy how he can remember the things that discuss. But a lot of times, if he's interviewing somebody, you know, he's got a, he's got a board of, of things he can refer to and things like that. But he's a master. It, it's so funny because one of my favorites, too, was where he was talking to the guy, selling him the yacht. Oh, my goodness, And he yes. starts getting a hand job and a blowjob yeah. from his girlfriend. And, like, there's no reaction to the guy who's selling because it's they want to sell the boat. He's going to make a sale. Yeah, well. They're going to make a sale. They're going to make and a sale. So it, it's so it, – and one of my favorite memories from doing the screenings was every time they showed the OJ clip, when the camera pulled out and you could see OJ, uh, it was the funniest. And even that line where he said, well, you can't meet Johnny Cochran. Yeah. And Sasha <laughs> said, did you kill him too? Yes. Like, I mean, it was just – you know, it's so – there were so many memorable episodes and, and, and clips of the seven that aired – well, uh, uh, the Jason Spencer one. Talk about that one. That was one of the first things that we actually shot when we were in Atlanta that day. Um, we'd had somebody else before him who did a pretty good interview, and, um, and I forgot the name of him. Um, and then it was, uh, I think Jason Spencer was the last, actually the last one of the day that day, because the one before that was the, uh, I forget his name, but he was another one. I think he... Um, he was another one that obviously didn't come out smelling like a rose. Uh, but Jason Spencer, he he did that bit. And I just remember talking to uh, the producers in the back and, and just going, this, this guy is going to lose his career. You know, and this you, was before this. This was before he lost his um, his reelection bid. OK. You know, he was doing his uh, primary. So he already had a, a, a you know, a ticking clock on his career and we just kind of ended it even earlier. Yeah, because I mean, some of the stuff that he was saying, oh, I mean, brutal. He was, he was not the only person to say the N-word on camera and have no problem with it. There are a lot of racists out there. It's just kind of crazy who will who will say whatever whatever they want on camera. It's interesting because I was listening to Howard Stern. They were talking about the show because he was a huge fan of the show. Oh, yay! And he basically said... I don't care what they told me was being filmed or an award. Like, if there's a camera rolling, you're going to start dropping the N-word like yes. that? I mean, that's cr- – and then – but then just to spin it after it airs, like, I was fearing my family's life and all this stuff. You're just like – He was in a gym with uh, people just – there were doors he could have walked out if he wanted to. We were all dressed nicely. It was air-conditioned. I – there was absolutely nothing weird. It wasn't as if we met him in a, uh, a dark alley somewhere and then started saying, okay, this is your terrorism exercise for right. the day. This is what you do. Do, do a lot of people, because it's weird. Some people didn't come out looking that bad. I mean, they came out just looking okay. Yeah. Um, I thought Corinne from The Bachelor looked awful, just trying to spin it like I couldn't use my phone. I could like, it, it, uh, like is no, that kind of a weird thing? Yeah, I mean that was that was I think her kind of trying to save face. Sure. A little, um, you know, and the ones that, <laughs> the funny thing is the ones that come out looking okay, uh, you know, were the, you know, the the smarter ones who were very reserved and realized. Yeah, this is this is wrong. Like uh, Ted Koppel, he's like, I'm I'm having none of this. And was off. that and was that at his house? <laughs> that was at his house. So he's ending the interview at yeah. his house, oh, just yes. walking away. Yeah, because I think you should go. <laughs> yeah, and the entire crew is just getting up and leaving. Yeah, right? pretty much. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, w- when when you get this call to do the show, were you like a fan of like Bruno and Borat? Had you been a fan? I of I actually that show? did like uh, I liked Borat a lot, and uh, I actually really enjoyed Bruno. So. 
you know, it's 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 fun. It's funny. I appreciate the humor and what it means. Is it my favorite? But I love what he did. So I knew it would be a great challenge. There were just so many as I'm looking back, like on the list of like so many great, great characters. I mean, you know, the the, the uh, he was teaching the businessman his employee how to defend the office against the terrorism. Oh gosh, I mean, yes. Just are you there on site with? Them I was too? there. You're I there. was I was there for a lot of it. Yes, um, a lot of times I'm back in the hotel room trying to find a. 13-year-old Italian, fluent Italian-speaking young boy whose parents would be willing to let their son appear on camera in tidy whities but can't tell them what show this is for because I don't have sides to give to them. And I can't talk about the show, so how am I going to put a casting call for this? Right. Doing things like that. God, oh, wow. So, you know, if you were a parent of a fluent fluent Italian-speaking 13-year-old boy... And, you know, casting director said, yeah, I got a part, but I can't tell you what it's for. And he's got to be in his tiny whiteys in a hotel room in Las Vegas. Right. You're not going to have too much luck. You know, it's, you're not it's, gonna... it's funny because we were talking on uh, – we were talking off air before we jumped on about one of the cringeworthy uh, g- clips that was aired about when he went down to – he was the ex-con – and then he went down to the art gallery in Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach. And it's it's all he's making pictures with feces and stuff like that. And and I, I guess the reaction on that one was like, oh, wow. Like he really – it was so weird. Like It was a very surreal day. It was one of the first things I think uh, we shot. And I just remember us just – I think I had a, a Comtex headphone and I was sitting in a restaurant next door trying not to – you know, trying to blend in. And just listening to everything. And this woman was just, you know, the dear, delightful uh, Christy Combs was just all in. Like, oh, my God, she's not going to stop. She's going to give him whatever he asked for. Right. And it was crazy. And and again, you know, she's she's rolled with it, which has been fantastic. You know, she's, you know, enjoyed it and understood what it is and, and has been fine with it. Um, I'm sure after the initial shock wore off of what it was. But she um, – she – just kept going. I mean, that was that's that's an instance where we actually had a third thing to go through that night um, at another restaurant. We were going to do something with that character, and this just kept going because she she had no shock. She was like, oh, "Yeah, sure. You want? Oh, you want my pube? Sure, here." Right, because he's showing her these pictures that he made in prison. Oh, yes, you know of his semen and just you know feces. Uh. And then he asks her for yep, a for pubic hair sample, yes. and and she goes to do it. Yep. And it's crazy because I even remember watching the reaction to it when we were showing it. People couldn't believe that she did it. Yeah. But I also wonder, do you think for something like that, does that make her like like more famous now for a different kind of reason? Like people will now go down and just kind of like check into that art gallery just because now? Like, I mean, does that, you know, there's the lady from... I don't know. I Actually, with that one, I don't know what the impact will be for her. Um, obviously, the politicians will have another moment of notoriety uh, added to them, whether it's good or bad. Um, you know, O.J. O.J. Simpson's always going to be O.J. Simpson. Right. Um, and... Uh, Who was the NPR guy? Oh, Naira. Yeah, uh, Naira, yes. Naira uh, whose last name just got longer with each episode. That's right, and he, he the very liberal. He's a he's a white cis male for which he apologizes. And then he was the he did it was that character that went down to Arizona Kingman. He right? He did the Kingman Mosque thing. Oh my gosh! I mean, that was 
so damn funny. So you want to know something about that? They actually did that focus group twice. So they had a different set of people. Really? So just as horrible human beings, sorry, Kingman. Um, yeah, there were a lot of people who don't don't care about saying horrible things wow. on camera. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. They were all excited because they were going to get this money for the town. And then when they when they heard about what it what was, it was for, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's 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 there's so many places like that in this country, which is really really sad. Not to get political, and it was just he picked a perfect target. And who was the guy who um, went on camera and talked about the guns for kids? Uh, the guy from Chicago. Oh my! Well, there's Larry Pratt. Maybe that's who it was. Larry Pratt, the guy who did the song. Yeah, uh, no. No, Van Cleve. Um, uh, Van Cleve was the other yeah, guy. Yeah. But there was another guy who really was just kind of like. Yes, I know which one you're talking about. I think, um, yes, I forgot his name. Gosh, I'm so like sorry. A, a, so a, many people. Good looking yeah. kind of guy, but he was like just backpedaling and like it. But, you know, I think it might have been a little bit better if you took ownership of it. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, listen, it happened. I just, I kind of got duped. And you know what I mean? Like, but it was amazing. The ones that actually say, well, I got duped come out looking better. They do, right? Than the ones that try to defend it. I mean, you know, Ted Koppel was like, yeah, whatever. It's Ted Koppel. Sure, sure. He's done it all. Who cares? You know, I don't I don't think this has damaged whatever um, Bernie Sanders has going for him. Um, right. You know, people are going to defend Bernie Sanders for whatever Bernie Sanders does, and that's fine, you know. Um, he didn't come out looking bad. He just looked like a befuddled person. Right. You know, and the same with Jill Stein, uh, which is... You know, those were some of our smarter guests. And then there are the other ones that are just, I'm on camera and you're right. feeding my ego and you're giving me an award and you're talking to me and, uh, you know, look at me. And that's- who, who was the kid? He was a younger kid who was, uh, he was part of like a, 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 a internet sensation. Oh, oh, the guy, the rap lyric, yes. rap genius guy, very white, very yeah. stuffing. I- Stuff in yeah, shorts. Yeah, uh, and then there there are some that are the, like the typical reality douchebags, and that's kind of where he falls into that trap it, of just you know I'm so awesome and look at me. Yeah, was there ever a time where you're watching this and you're like, I feel sorry for this person. Like I definitely feel like, or you're like, hey, listen, if they're just that silly. To be doing this. There were some, you know, without, you know, there's definitely some that were on my lower tier of favorite bits. Right. So then, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think they were funny because I didn't understand what the satire in it was. And I still don't. Um, But, and those, you know, fortunately, for me, rather, were the ones that were like, "Eh, they didn't test, but they're funny. They were funny bits. They came out as funny. I, I loved it. I, I laughed at it every time I saw it, even when I watched it on TV, the uh, Gretchen and Slade bit when, oh, when he went to, to sludge or whatever. Sludge. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they make fun of you. I'm sure they make and, – and just that when he says sludge, I just – I still laugh at just the, just how condescending he's being. Oh, yeah. Like, this guy doesn't know who he is, nor does he give a shit. No. I mean, it just – it's so interesting. And the thing is, they, they don't they – don't, those are the people that also don't care because they still have a following. It's like a Kardashian. Yeah. Yes, I will bash Kardashians every chance I can. It's like the Kardashians. Was there? Did you guys try to get those guys on? I don't think so. No. No. There. There was. That was too Hollywood insider and stuff. Yeah. The whole Kanye connection now, and I was just. Mm. No, we didn't. I don't think I, I, they may have. 
I don't know. I mean, there were definitely people we did try to get that we came very close to a lot, a lot more on the uh, political side of people that we tried to get that just didn't pan out or, you know, had a conflict or anything. And then we had some pretty big gets. And how was working one on one when he's not in character with Sasha? He's a very tall, intimidating man. Really? <laughs> he's not that intimidating, but he's tall. Well, anybody's taller than me. I'm not very tall. So he's um, it's it's. When you're working with somebody who knows exactly what they want mm-hmm. and they know exactly how to do it, no matter how many how many people are in the room throwing suggestions out, how good of ideas they have, if he wants to do something that he knows it's right and he can't tell you how it is and how it's going to be, but he knows what it is, you have to figure out how he wants it. And that's, you know, working with anybody who is that type of comedic genius is is going to have its ups and downs. Right. Um, he knows what he wants, and it's very hard to pull it out of him or to make it happen. And we're all working to try and make it happen. And my biggest focus, I decided uh, on our first few days of shooting, was just making sure nobody died because I was worried somebody was going to get killed. <laughs> I thought we were going to get beaten up. I thought somebody was going to uh, do something that was going to put them in danger. I thought... Uh, a, a skit, a sketch, or whatever was going to go wrong. I thought, just no, we don't need machetes on set. Let's not right. have a machete on set because right. that might be bad. No, let's not have our own guns on set. I just let's not do this. Let's not invite people with guns. Can we not die? Because there and was is some... there security around? We do have security. We yeah. absolutely have security. We have multiple security. The mosque thing. I think we had three or four people, and wow. these are you know ex-Israeli guards and um, you know people who were. Uh, former policemen and and they're serious and there there was very rarely where we actually very rare rare times we actually needed them right um you know there was a time when somebody was very upset at what we were doing and he came back with some shotguns in his truck and we had to scatter and i drove the getaway van with the director really the, the director and the director of photography and the drives to make sure we had our footage so that was exciting. Yay. Wow. So that was um, part of my job. I felt like it was, driving the making, getaway vehicle. It was making sure I was driving the getaway vehicle at times um, or just making sure we were safe. And that's not something uh, a lot of people ever want to hear because right. they want to do the big things. They want to do the things where we're going to cut somebody down with a machete. Um, we're, they want to push the envelope. And part of part of what I do in my position is to just make sure everybody gets home safely at night and sure. kept into bed. That's it. And it was so, a good day. Sasha wanted the big things and we did our best to give him the big things. And I think we succeeded. But it's he changes his mind all the time when he, you know, it, it depends on it, 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 it was a very hard uh, process of you know, which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Is it you have a person, so what character is going to interview him? Or you have the character, so who's going to interview him? And then where right. are we going to go? And where can we get the biggest whatevers? Um, Rick did, the character Rick did well in Miami because there's a lot of douchebags and he's right. trying to come across the as this DJ guy that's trying great. to, you know, make a better life for himself. Um, you know, uh, Iran was good in DC, um, you know, but also um, Billy Wayne. Was good. Billy Wayne Ruddick, great was, character. He was great in DC as well. So it just it just depended on a lot of things. 
Um, you know, Atlanta was a really good place for Naira because he is very granola and touchy-feely. Right. And there were some things that didn't make it on on camera uh, where he's, you know, interviewing a lot of uh, right-winged Christian people because uh, that's what's in Georgia. Of course. So right. it's it's we'd prepare for one bit and then it'd be, you know, nine o'clock at night and um, Sasha would change it and we'd have to go wow. get new props and new this and new that. And it was just, it was an ever, ever changing process. And the results were great. And the, the, the hard part is, is that our poor prop department, we, we sadly went through many prop people because it was a very demanding job and they delivered such exquisite things that you never get to see on camera sure. because a lot of it is just to dupe these people into believing what we're doing. Of course. Um, Bill Gilla, the uh, food critic with Rick at, um, there was another piece that we did with Rick, uh, that, that didn't air, um, and he's feeding people and we had to tattoo meat. So we had a pork loin with tattoos with Nazi symbols on them. And it was genius. So my prop person had to figure out how to get edible ink into a tattoo that would stay after the meat get co- got cooked, <laughs> and it never made it to camera. And it was, oh, it was so brilliant. And there were a lot of those things that nobody ever gets to see. Right. And it's so sad, because there were so many of the props people worked so hard. Hilarious. Oh, I, d- I don't know. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how they did it. Well, I got to tell you, when I first met you, I was so excited because I wanted to kind of find out all the ins and outs. And we briefly had a chance to talk before the shows, but not much because the show hadn't aired yet. But now, as soon as the show aired, I said, hey, can you spill some of the hidden secrets? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you, for people who haven't seen it yet, I know our producer Aaron has not seen it yet, but a few people still haven't seen it. Uh, Who is America? Uh, It's, I'm sure, on On Demand on Showtime. It's On Demand on Showtime. Oh, yeah. Seven episodes. You guys ended so strong with O.J. Simpson. If you haven't seen that one, it's great. That was crazy, by the way. So damn funny. I have to tell you this. When we shot that in Las Vegas, people love the juice. And he, when he was done, he went down to the lobby. He was just every juice, OJ, oh my, photos. Everybody loves him. It was, I mean, it's just crazy. He could, he could do no wrong. It's, I don't even understand it. Just a great show. Thank you, by the way, for coming in and spilling sure. some of the secrets of the show. One of the producers from Who Is America, uh, Melanie Ellen, is here with us. I also wanted to mention this. I got this great book in the mail. Um, this is what's great about doing the podcast. They send you these books. Um, it's from uh, Moro Gift. That's the publisher. Uh, because college football is starting this weekend. So they sent me this great book about um, college football traditions and rivalries. Um, it's Chance, Pranks, and Pageantry. And if you look, there's like 70-some-odd stories about just different college teams, what their rivalries are. There are a lot of mascots that got kidnapped. It's, um, it's so cool. You can see the book. It's oh, like, yeah. It's this very cool kind of coffee table book. It's amazing. Those are fun. They sent it to me. We're going to put a link up to our website. We're going to give a couple of these away to our listeners, but this looks like such a a great book for college football fans, which is starting this weekend. So if you get a chance, there's no credited author, which is kind of funny, but uh, it's by Morrow Gifts, and uh, the book is called College Football Traditions and Rivalries, Chance, Pranks, and Pageantries. And uh, they sent me a copy of this, and it's uh, going on sale on November the 4th, right after Labor Day. So check it out if you're a big college football fan. Are you a football fan? Um... I like college football better than uh, NFL. Yes. Um, I I did not attend a Division One school, sadly, but I do root for the home team. So go San Diego State Aztecs. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. Okay. 
I like it. Yeah, I like thank it. you. <laughs> but this is it, this is such a great book. I, I really I, I put it on our uh, kitchen table and people really like it. So if you get a chance, check it out. It's on sale September the fourth. Uh, Melanie Ellen from the show Who Is America with Sasha Baron Cohen. Thank you once again for listening to you? the Gentleman's Dojo. Steve Byrne is in Washington D.C. Uh, Patrick Keene is in. Sunnyvale working at Rooster Tea Feathers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep following us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we'll be at the All Things Comedy Podcast Festival at the end of October in Phoenix. Uh, we'll definitely see you guys there. And for everybody here at the All Things Comedy family, I've been your host, Gary Ken. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.